Hello there, and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in South Africa, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. Today we ask what type of model for a club works best in Africa these days. Some have a rich single owner. Some are run by companies. A few are community clubs. Some are run by the police or the army. And of course, many clubs are struggling. The companies don't have confidence in the clubs to, to sponsor, which is which is very sad. We'll analyse this and also compare with European football, where some clubs have shareholders and most are well funded. But first, we talked recently about how difficult it is to get to the group stage of the African Champions League and how stiff the competition is. Well, amazingly, three Algerian clubs have made it to the group stage this year. It's the first time there's been such a scenario, and all three Algerian clubs have been drawn in the same group. That's Group B, where there's Entente Setif, USM Alger, and MC Yulma, with Almerik of Sudan joining them. Group A features four-time champions TP Mazembe of DR Congo, Smuhar of Egypt, Morocco's Maghreb Tetouan, and Sudanese club Al Hilal. Well, the top 12 ranked nations have two slots each, and Algeria got a third slot as Entente Setif won the tournament last year. So, well, uh, we'd love just one team in the group stages here in Zimbabwe, let alone the three that Algeria have. The group stage starts at the end of next month. Well, our main focus today on Planet Sport Football Africa is the question: What type of model for a club works best in Africa these days? Some have a rich single owner. Some are run by companies. We have community clubs, police, and army sides. And here in Zimbabwe, most privately run companies are struggling as the economy is going through tough times. So those that are stable are teams run by large companies with resources, also mining teams, prisons, and army, and one run by the Harare City Council. Well, a few weeks ago, we heard from the club president of Gambian Club, Real de Banjul. That's Willie Abrahams. He told us how expensive it was to take part in the Champions League as a privately run club. We have no sponsor. We have no help. Um, it's very difficult. Very, very, very tough. Football is very tough in this country um, because the companies don't have confidence in the clubs to, to sponsor, which is which is very sad. So many challenges there. Now South Africa has a strong economy, and a couple of top clubs are run by very rich single owners. A Solomon, this Kaiser Chiefs, owned by Kaiser Mutang, and the club is very well funded. Yes, uh, Steve, the club is very well funded. Kaiser Chiefs was funded about 50 years ago. Kaiser Mutawo himself he used to be a football player. He played in the North American League uh, back in the 70s, and, and he played for Orlando Pirates before he started Kaiser Chiefs. And Kaiser Chiefs is the most successful club side in South Africa currently. They get uh, tens of thousands of football fans coming to watch them. They have major sponsors, big businesses like Vodacom, Standard Bank, sponsoring them. Another huge example of a football club that is run by one individual is uh, Mamilodi Sundance, uh, which is owned by uh, the businessman Patrice Motsepe. He's a rich 
richest black man in South Africa. He's worth billions of rand. He's into mining businesses and a whole lot of uh, businesses, and and he's transformed the club totally. And he actually raised the bar when it comes to uh, players' a sign-on fee and salary because he started paying so much money. And he calls the shot right there. They've won the league uh, last season. They won the league, uh, but he single-handedly runs the club a hundred percent. He is a sole owner of the club. Uh, you know, he controls everything. He decides who to hire, who to fire, and which player to sign on and which players uh, to let go. You know, I don't think Sundowns make so much profit. I think for him, it's just for the passion of the game. And, and the, 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 you know, the, the downside of this football club is when his business begins to not do so well, uh, when... Uh, you know, the, the global economic uh, state, you know, affects his business, then definitely the club is also going to feel the pinch of that. And, and that is just the downside of it. Another issue with clubs run by one rich single owner, uh, like you say, uh, there with uh, Patrice Motsepe, he's running Sundowns pretty much single-handedly. Even we uh, have examples where these owners will go as far as picking the starting eleven. And the coaches don't like that, and the fans don't like that. Yes. You know, in Nigeria, you have uh, also a lot of clubs like uh, Sunshine Stars. You know, you have uh, a lot of clubs like uh, El Kanemi Warriors that are being sponsored by the government. Uh, so the government actually funds the football clubs, and you get the government uh, officials and politicians uh, deciding who to play, who the coach will feature. Even when the player is not on form or he's injured, you know, you tend to get that player playing uh, there because they love the player. They have some sort of connection with the player. And at the end of the day, it affects the club's performance. And yes, indeed, we have a lot of football owners that dictate, you know, who to play. Some coaches have been fired because they insist that they're not going to, you know, amend any sort of names on the list because they want the best for the club. Well, thanks a lot, Solomon. We'll compare this with the situation in European football shortly. And you can tell us on Facebook and WhatsApp, what do you think is the best way to run a football club in Africa? Is it best to have a rich single owner who might interfere too much on the technical side? Is it best to be run by a company, by the police or the army maybe? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Last week we asked, is the return of Stephen Keshi good news for Nigeria's national team? With his two-year contract as coach, can he get the Super Eagles to fulfil their potential? Well, from the Gambia, Lee Sise says, best of luck to Keshi, but I'm afraid he's gone beyond his best for the Super Eagles. Sana Jaune says, I think it's good news because he won the Nations Cup with Nigeria. Mohamed Kande says the Nigerian FA has to stick with Keshi so as to bring more glory. Ebrima Kante says it's good news because for footballers, they just want to know who's in charge. Please tell our Gambian FA to appoint a coach for our senior national team as soon as possible. And on a couple of other issues, there being no Africans in the English Premier League team of the year, Suleiman Sonko says African players didn't deserve it, but Wilfred Bonny should have been there, but he made a wrong move in January joining Manchester City. And on Chelsea being the English champions, Lamine Chatty says congrats to 
Chelsea, but Man United is coming with full force. On Man United's home loss to West Brom last weekend, Ahmed Sambu was very angry, saying it's a shame to Van Gaal and to Robin Van Persie for missing the penalty. Rooney should take the penalties and Van Gaal should be sacked. Well, indeed, uh, Van Persie was stripped of the penalty-taking duties after that mistake. Uh, so this week, tell us, what do you think is the best way to run a football club in Africa? The WhatsApp number, plus 447955 Zero. Let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir in the UK. Uh, Stuart, obviously a lot more money in European football than in most African countries, and there are various models of how clubs are run there. Let's start with Chelsea as an example, where Roman Abramovich, the Russian billionaire, seems to pretty much have a say in everything at the club. Well, yeah, I mean, traditionally, English clubs in the past were run by a board of directors, uh, very much local people running a local team. And then suddenly, probably Abramovich was the first one who came in and actually bought Chelsea and has put vast sums of money into it, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, into the club to buy players, to pay salaries. Uh, You know, he went through a period where... A manager or head coach never lasted more than a season. The most ridiculous one of all was Avram Grant, who you know finished second in the league uh, and lost the Champions League final on penalties and was fired uh, for not being successful. And you know that is the power of the the single owner. And I mean, I think that Abramovich paid something like a hundred million dollars in compensation to managers that he fired in an eight-year period. I mean, there's been mixed reactions to this. I mean, I think generally Chelsea fans are quite happy with Abramovich because he's brought them success. I I, I wasn't sure whether to say he brought them success or he bought them success. Uh, both would be true. Um, and he is certainly somebody who's not in it to make money for himself. He's happy to put his own considerable wealth into the club in order to try to buy success for the team. Some traditional fans would say the nature of the club has changed. The fact that Chelsea now probably charge something towards $100 for an average seat at the game. Uh, you could say that that squeezes a lot of the normal people out. But Stuart, is it? Fair that uh, a huge club with millions of fans across the world almost becomes like a a plaything, a a toy of a a rich owner like uh, Abramovich. That's a very interesting question. I don't know how you answer that as a moral question. I mean, I think it's undesirable, but, uh, you know, if you've got the money, you can buy it. And in a way, once football clubs decide to float themselves on the stock exchange, then, you know, in a way, they've only got themselves to blame. Because if you are floated on the stock exchange, then anyone can buy them. And... If you want to succeed in Europe, and by succeed I mean not only win the domestic championship but also have a chance of winning the Champions League, you need to have a large squad of top quality players who are expecting to be paid an absolute minimum of $150,000 a week. Uh, And then you probably cannot generate that through the gate, so therefore you do need a sponsor or ideally a billionaire owner. What about Manchester United, Stuart? Uh, A club with fiercely loyal fans, but a few years back uh, there was a big takeover there by uh, the American businessmen, the Glazers. Uh, How's that affected the setup at Man United? 
Well, when the Glazers bought the club, there was initially fierce opposition because the Glazers didn't actually have the money to buy the club. So they borrowed the money from the bank to buy the club and then were able to put the debt into the club so that that frustrated Manchester United fans a lot because Manchester United had been a very profitable football club, but now they were borrowing something like £800 million uh, from the bank. And so the interest payment on that every year you know, was taking away valuable revenue. That said, Manchester United continued to be successful under the Glazers, and while the Glazers are there to make money... Um, they've actually not been shy about buying. I mean, like the beginning of this season, there was, uh, I think it was about $250 million spent on buying players. So, so in a way, they have put money into the club. Uh, there was a breakaway group which formed their own football club called FC uh, Manchester uh, as a protest against the way their traditional club had been taken over uh, by, by by big business. But in a way, I think that is the only way you're really going to be successful is is by having big money coming into the club because there, there are not many clubs which are able to compete at that level simply on, on gate receipts. Interestingly, uh, UEFA are bringing in um, what they call fair play, financial fair play rules, which sort of says that your wage bill can only be a certain proportion of your overall income. And that is supposed to make it uh, more fair uh, for all the clubs. But realistically, you know, Manchester City with their Arab owners, Chelsea with the Russian billionaire, Manchester United with the American owners, Liverpool with American owners, you know, those are the clubs that are going to uh, be successful. In a way, Arsenal and Arsene Wenger have resisted this by refusing to spend the same kind of money the other clubs are spending. Although, again, Wenger's had a lot of uh, criticism for that. And uh, some people would say, other than last year's FA Cup, he hasn't won a trophy in uh, in many years. He hasn't really come close to winning the, the, the Premier League title. And, you know, that it's a great principle to say we're not going to spend money like the others. But it does mean that Chelsea, Man City and Manchester United have dominated the league title in, in the last 10 years. Well, that's absolutely fascinating. And many thanks to Stuart Weir in the UK. So the model that brings success in English football is having rich owners. So tell us on WhatsApp and on Facebook what you think is the best way to run a football club in Africa. Is it best to have a rich single owner who might interfere too much on the technical side? Is it best to be run by a company, by individuals who can find sponsorship, or maybe by the police or the army? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa. Well, that's it for the show. So from me, Steve Vickers in Zimbabwe, from Solomon Ashoms in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. You can find us online at planetsport.tv and Planet Sport Football Africa is a Passion for Sport production.